Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. So moments ago, I go on Twitter and under the search box, I type in the word puto. I want to see what kind of results I get. More importantly, I want to see what language they're written in. And in real time, the results, Spanish, 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 Spanish. And I'm not saying that EW doesn't have Latino fans who don't write or speak English, but Jesus Christ, this goddamn apology that Cody and AEW made because of him teaming up with Psycho Clown at AAA's Triple Mania, and because Psycho Clown in his regular stick goes to the crowd and goes, Puto! And what does the fucking crowd do in return? Puto! You know, I got to tell you, man, I say this all the time. Some of the most racist people out there are the ones who call everybody else racist. Stop thinking that every fucking insult has to do with race, gender, sexual orientation. Because you look up this word, puto, there are many different definitions. And one of them obviously has to do with the male uh, sexual orientation, and you ignore the 39 other interpretations of it, but because there is a slither of people out there from the morality police that don't like the word, what happens? Cody and AEW, they write this statement. Cody joined his teammates at AAA Triple Media for what he understood to be a post-match tradition in Mexico, was unaware of the negative connotations. Certainly the last thing Cody would ever want to do is hurt or offend anyone. You're in a fucking pro wrestling business. You're going to offend people if you use a chair shot. You're going to offend people if you have an animal anywhere near a goddamn building with pyro. You're going to offend people because you say a word. Stop with this babe in the woods. And why? Why immediately take the word puto and immediately think you're talking about a gay man? There are so many other different definitions of it. Sissy. I'm going to call everybody out there right now with sissy. What's, what's your immediate reaction to it? Well, fuck you, Don Tony. I'm no sissy. Well, do you know if you look up the term sissy, it actually could be interpreted as far as male homosexuality? There are so many trigger words out there that will be interpreted a certain way. I don't think Cody in his heart was trying to offend anybody who is gay that is a male. And it's an insult. Yesterday on WWE television, somebody called Nikki Cross ugly in a promo. You got to see social media today. How could you call people ugly in 2019? Stop with the apologies. And more importantly, stop with the fucking babe in the woods. I had no idea shit. You know, it happened with chasing rants on that card. I had no idea this person was a sex offender. Oh, I had no idea, puta. You're not intending to offend anyone 
But this is pro wrestling. You're always going to offend someone. And if they're going to keep apologizing for every fucking little person that gets triggered, they're going to get eaten alive and spit out. And I am a big supporter of AEW. I know because of the DTKC wrestling soup inner circle, sometimes a lot of everybody's views get bundled together. But if anybody goes back, I mean, the only time that I ever really criticized AEW was the Young Bucks and their ignorance about health insurance. And I've already done the rants and I have explained the difference between independent contractors and employees and why a health insurance company, even if they wanted to give every wrestler on the card health insurance, a health insurance company will look at them and say, uh, no, unless they're employees at a company, we won't provide insurance. All right. I, I, look, we're not going to get into that today, but I want to welcome everyone to the pilot episode of Wednesday night, Dono might. And yeah, I know the name is a little hokey, but hey, with the rumors that AEW show may be called Wednesday Night Dynamite, we were trying to think of a name for this show. And the idea of this show is not AEW only. My goal is to have this show cover everything except for Raw and SmackDown. Because Raw and SmackDown is usually covered on the Don Tony Kevin Castle show, Breakfast with Blasi, Breakfast Soup, Breakfast Soup Live, DTKC Extra. Want to do a show that's everything but Raw and SmackDown. Will we cover NXT here? Absolutely. Will we cover AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, some of the indie circuit out there, Impact Wrestling? Absolutely. We're going to cover them. Now, thing is, I'm going into this in a, a really awkward way because I've been doing wrestling hotlines and podcasts since 1997. I have never done a show that specifically avoids a certain federation, a certain company. Yeah. Over the years, you kind of focus all your attention on WWE. But like I said on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and I really mean this, yeah, it's amazing when you see people out there, especially podcasters and websites that will tell you until they're blue in the face that WWE sucks right now and WWE is just not what it used to be. And it's so boring. And one week they're praising Bailey and the next week they're shitting on Bailey. And one week they're saying, wow, she's really good. And then, and then just do this over and over. If WWE sucks so much in your eyes, why are 99% of your tweets about WWE? If you think Impact Wrestling is good right now, AEW are excited for it, New Japan, write about the companies that you like. I can't stand the Kardashians. I don't like opera. I don't like country music. I don't watch rodeos. I don't fucking watch the BET channel. I don't watch the Mexican channel. I don't watch the, the Food Network. I You don't see me writing about them. I don't write about things that I don't really like. Now, obviously, if you have an experience about something and you don't like it, you can tell everybody about it. Hey, everybody, I went to Starbucks today. I tried the pumpkin latte and oh, it tasted horrible. You write it once and you move on. You know why all these people can, can't get WWE out of their mouth on Twitter, even though they'll tell you until they're brain dead that they fucking can't stand it because they want to get tweet fucked. Because if they write about New Japan they'll get one like. They may get one response if they're lucky. They write about Impact Wrestling, they'll get maybe two or three likes. You write about Ring of Honor, you're going to get ignored. 
So you write about WWE. Oh my God, I get 25 likes. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about here. Is it going to cover every nook and cranny of every company I just mentioned? Absolutely not. This is not going to be a long two, three hour episode every week or every other week. Look, depending on your feedback will dictate, number one, if this show continues, and number two, how long it goes, what do we focus on, and we'll see what happens. Now, here's the problem with this show that I see already. My plan is, as soon as AEW goes live, this show will go live. Because I obviously want a lot of people who listen to give their immediate reaction who tunes in live. I want to do this similar to what I've been doing on Monday night with the DTKC show. You know, my shows are the longest on the internet, period, as far as any wrestling shows out there. So it's not that, oh my God, I'm doing it live because I want to get all these people to tune in. No, that was the premise all along. I announced that we were doing this months ago. You know, and then, yes, you're going to have 10,000 podcasts out there. Hey, everybody, going on YouTube as soon as the AEW ends. Well, remember, NXT is also going to be on TV Wednesday nights. So, you know, for everybody out there that is going to focus stro- solely on AEW, you know, look, if they're a big time AEW fan, God bless them. You know, but if they're unbiased and this and that, why are they going to ignore NXT or other feds out there? Why? Because they think this is where they'll get the most results, the most views, the most hits. Fine. I'm going to try to give a smorgasbord of everything. Now, as I said moments ago, there's one big problem as far as doing this show live. Um, I do not think it's going to be a good idea for me to do what I did back in the 90s and 2000 and for a slither of 2001, and that is channel surf. Because when I did my wrestling hotlines back then, I would always do it the following morning. Sometimes we do it late at night, but usually I would watch Raw Live and I watch Nitro on, on the replay. You know, very rare that I watch Nitro live and then maybe record Raw and watch on a replay. So when I went into the next day doing the hotlines, I had already seen Raw and Nitro. When we do this show live after AEW, I'm not could have been able to see NXT live on TV in real time. So there's going to be some content that's going to be left out. Now, there's always the possibility of doing this show on a Thursday. I'll leave that all up to you. Maybe a lot of you out there don't want a live episode every week and instead watch NXT and include it as well. But remember, with the Don Tony Kevin Castle show and Breakfast of Blasi and the other Patreon shows that we do, we could always cover NXT on those shows as well. Now, NXT news, obviously, we could bring up over here, and I have a few things we'll get into today, but this is the premise of it. And I'm going to rant, and there's going to be a couple of topics today that might be a week or two old because I didn't have the opportunity to talk about it because one, I had surgery two weeks ago and wasn't on the regular shows for two weeks. And number two, you know, I I definitely want to speak my mind about a few things. And, you know, between the Jericho belt and the animal whacktivists and how they treated the situation with Cody, you know, it's funny. Psycho Clown's been chanting puto, puto, for how long now? It's funny how the morality police was not angry when he was chanting it when Cody was not his tag team partner. Silent. If you're offended, you're offended all the time. 
And this leads to the animal whacktivists out there as far as Pharaoh, Cody's dog. Now, you know, it's very hard. And I and I explain this to Joey Numbers more than anybody, but people saw it too. It's very hard to bring a point across on Twitter when you only have 320 category, uh, characters. And yeah, you could write two and three tweets, but you still can't get your point across as good as speaking. And the thing is, is that what blew me away about the situation with Pharaoh and Cody bringing him out, and obviously the dog was just really fucking freaked out. Was it because of the pyro? Have no idea. Have no idea. There are hunting dogs out there that are used to explosions and fucking gunshots and this, this, and that. I have no idea why that dog was spooked. When I did the AEW pay-per-view recap with Mish, I said point blank, it was stupid for Cody to bring that dog out there. And these animal activists online wanted the head of Cody Rhodes complaining to ASPCA. And I said this online. And again, I get this explained a little bit further here. You know, heroes online, pussies offline. And I know pyros at a wrestling event is a big stretch compared to fireworks in front of your house. But the point is, some of these people who fucking couldn't shut up about Pharaoh being brought out there with the pyros. Again, we don't know exactly why the dog was spooked. It could have been because of the pyros, and it probably was. Could have been because of the number of people there. Maybe the dog just wanted to take a shit. We don't know the reason why. But the thing is, they got so triggered at what they saw. I complained. I said it was dumb. I moved on. But what blew me away about some people online, and the funny thing is, with a clear head, They'll tell you to your face, yeah, you know, DT, I kind of agree with you. You know, you're really on point with this. But meanwhile, there are fucking people doing it. You had people online that got so triggered with Cody bringing Farrow out there. But yet you go back to the 4th of July and you'll see Facebook and Twitter posts. Hey, man, hung out with neighbors and friends today, lit off fireworks in front of the house, enjoying 4th of July, beautiful weather and blah, 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 while your dog or cat is in the fucking house peeing all over the furniture because it's scared shit at all the explosions. Now, obviously, uh, you can't stop all the fireworks. Here in New York, fireworks are illegal. It is illegal. But still, if you're that upset, if you're that upset of a dog being exposed to pyro, all right. With a clear head, you don't fucking sit outside with your neighbors or your friends or relatives and light off fireworks while your pet is spooked out inside your house. If you're disturbed about one, you're disturbed about it all. And you know why they will never in real life go up to the neighbor and say, hey, man, look, I'm not trying to ruin your Fourth of July and everything, but you're right in front of my house and my dog is freaking out. And unfortunately, I don't have a room that's soundproof like that. You know, is there any way you could possibly like go down the block? You know why? Because they'll get punched right in the fucking mouth. They don't have the balls to do that. Online, you're a hero. What's the worst somebody could do? Block you? Oh, my God, I got blocked. In real life, you get your fucking mouth busted in. So these people that are selective outrage, again, with the puto stuff, puto. But meanwhile, when Cody's not in the ring, you don't see anybody offended by that. Then we get to Jericho. Now, by now, you already know the deal with the belt. I once was lost. Now I'm found. The AEW title is in back in the possession of AEW, blah, 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 blah. When I did breakfast soup, Mish had asked me, what do you think happened with the AEW title? And then, 
anybody that's on Patreon already knows what I said. My immediate reaction was Kayla Braxton. And for people that remember the situation with Kayla Braxton, you know, she had her wallet and apparently she may have left it on the top of a car or maybe dropped it on the floor. And she, I guess she was pumping gas or at a 7-Eleven and somebody picked up the wallet. They took the cash and they threw the wallet in the garbage. Yeah, asshole for doing that. But instead of just owning up and say, fuck, man, brain cramp. You know, I, I should have been more careful in my wallet immediately. We want the 7-Eleven workers fired for taking money, stealing it. Now, look, I I have no problem with Kayla Braxton. It was just a stupid, it's, we're all human. We all make mistakes and we all, you know, sometimes are irresponsible with our possessions. Uh, once or twice over the years, I have left my cell phone at, on the hood of my car. And I know a lot of people remember the last story when I left my cell phone on the car. But the thing is, is that my immediate thought was that Jericho may have left it on the top of the car or maybe when he was getting out of his limousine, it fell on the floor. And yes, a big title belt like that, you know, how do you fucking misplace it or you drop it? Shit happens. So what do we find out? The Tallahassee Democrat posted an article. They interviewed some guy, 40 years old. He's coming home with his wife. I guess they went fishing for scallops. And they see this bag in the, in the turning lane on the road. They get out, take the bag, bring it home. It's the AEW belt. So blah, 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 blah. The belt is recovered. Uh, he actually met the limo driver. And I guess he got a $200 reward as well. Now, when Jericho reported the belt stolen, a lot of people out there obviously don't own a home or don't have homeowners or apartment insurance. All right, because a lot of people out there, and again, when I always say that, I'm not talking about regular listeners. I'm talking about journalists, websites, podcasts. They do no research before opening up their mouths and they come off as absolute morons. You lose an item. That doesn't mean it was stolen every time. I work in insurance for 20 years. And over the years, I've had people say, I can't find my Rolex. I can't find my engagement ring. And they want to put in a claim. It's either lost or stolen. What credit card? If you can't find your credit card, what does it always say on the website? If your credit card is lost or stolen, call us immediately. Now, when you lose something or it's possibly stolen and you're putting in an insurance claim, the proper protocol is to get a police report. You file a police report. You don't know if it was stolen. You don't know if it was lost. But you have to file a police report, especially if this item was stolen and it turns up in a hawk shop or wherever else. When Chris Jericho filed the police report, I actually read idiots online that were saying, Hey man, you think this is all a work? You think the fucking guy would get thrown in jail for filing a false police report? And I know what a lot of people would say, well, that's Chris Jericho. He's an entertainer. He's a great wrestler. The police department would never go to that extent. And possibly so. You don't commit fucking fraud with the police department to push a storyline. Couldn't believe that people are actually writing that dumb shit. But the thing with the title, and this is the difference between someone who pokes fun and has some lighthearted humor with it and a whack job like David Bixenspan, who I always call Spickenspan. Because whenever I think of Spickenspan, I think of dirt. And that's all that guy is. 
He's just an absolute garbage of a writer, in my opinion. But the belt was found, and my immediate thought before it was recovered was maybe it was a Caleb Braxton incident. Maybe he left it on the hood of the limo, or maybe it fell out of the limo, and it somebody picked it up and found it. And that's exactly what happened. But you see, Matt Hardy did a little spoof, comes out of the steakhouse in, in Florida, trying to satire the same thing that happened with Jericho because they didn't know where the belt actually, you know, was misplaced or lost, you know. And what does this spick and span do? He's analyzing Chris Jericho's alcoholism. And then you got people that fucking follow him, talking about, hey, you know, Chris Jericho's nose is actually morphing and you could see his body. The guy's getting older. The guy likes to have some wine, beer, alcohol. It ain't against the law as long as he's not driving and drinking. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? The fuck out of here. Worry about your own skeletons in your closet because the people that are usually, and you see this in Hollywood, the people that are usually the most outspoken about certain things end up being the offenders themselves. So it's just absolutely ridiculous, the shit that's going on online. And that's why I go back to what I said at the beginning. You can't apologize for every little thing that goes on with your company because you're always going to offend someone. And honestly, if they would have just ignored the puto situation, puto, it would have been ignored and gone away. They had to make the big deal about the chair shot. They had to make the big deal. You're a fight. And now there's rumors. Oh, it's going to be TV 14. What do you think is going to happen if it's TV 14? You don't think that something is going to be done or said on TV that's going to offend someone? You don't get TV 14 simply without offending anyone. And I'm not even convinced. I'm not even buying the idea that AEW is going to be TV 14 on a regular basis. Could there be episodes TV 14? Absolutely. Could the pay-per-views be? Absolutely. But Jesus Christ, you're a wrestling company. You know, you're simulating violence. Stop with this politically correct. Got to apologize if you offend anybody. You might as well just quit now if you think you're not going to offend anyone. You know, and this is the thing too. You can have a transgender win the women's title. You could fucking profess to everyone that we want everybody to have health care. You could profess to everyone that everybody's going to get paid equal. It it doesn't work that cut and dry. And you know this leads to, and this leads to the championship match that was announced for full gear, and that's Chris Jericho defending the AEW title against Cody. Now we'll move on from AEW in a moment. We have a few other things to get into. Again, this is just the pilot, so a lot of this will be tweaked as we go along. Uh, but now look, I have no problem Cody fighting for the heavyweight title. Cody has improved, and he has earned the right to headline events. All right, It's not like he's a scrub and he sucks and he's only getting a spot because he's doing so much behind the scenes for AEW, this and that. My God, how many times have you seen feds over the years put the belt uh, you know, on someone who they trust the most. Vern Gagne put it on himself. You see TNA, you know, Jeff Jarrett seemed to be the go-to when they had one or two TV deal changes, if people remember. So Cody fighting for the title, I have no issue with whatsoever. My issue is what Sports Illustrated wrote it. And if people don't know, 
You know, Tony Khan told Sports Illustrated that because of Cody's outstanding win-loss record, he gets the title shot. I almost laughed because I'm saying, first off, how many fucking singles matches has Cody had in AEW so far? And number two, and this is really, really important, because Cody did an interview uh, this week, and he said something that's very important that, to me, really puts in perspective the idea that people are going to get title shots based on their win-loss record. He said, and I quote, when other things lack in our industry, the first thing you look back towards is the ring itself. If the fights, and this this is the most important part of the quote, if the fights and the storylines are not compelling, fans will not come. Nowhere in there does it talk about win-loss. Over the years, I've been a wrestling fan since 1979. And over the years, between Piper and Snooker, if you really want to go that far back, they never really had titles, period. I never saw Snooker get a title when I was watching him as a fan. Some wrestlers do not get titles. Dusty Rhodes was better chasing for the title than actually winning the title. And when you chase the title for a year and you don't get the title... Either your win-loss record is really horrible because if you win the matches, you're champion unless everything is a clusterfuck disqualification. Not every match could be a countout. The, the point I'm getting at is that some people in your company, their push will get dictated, will be dictated based on their popularity, based on the feedback online, based on the support by the fans. And... If you have someone who has been losing matches and now the fans are just really behind this person, what if you have someone whose win-loss rate is 80% victory? Now you got someone who has lost a ton of matches that the fans are really getting behind and they want to see that person get a shot, all right? But his win-loss record, he only won 33% of his matches, What are you going to do? This isn't like Major League Baseball where he could win nine games in a row or nine matches in a row so he could get his winning percent. In Major League Baseball, if you don't have enough wins, everything's by winning percentage. You don't have a high enough winning percentage. You ain't going in the playoffs. In wrestling, if AEW is going to do this based on win-loss, you got someone who you booked. Somebody's got to win. And somebody's got to lose. And if someone you keep booking to lose and this goes on for a while and now the fans got behind that person and now like, wow, we really got to put this person in the main event pitcher. But he's win-loss record. He only won 41% of his matches. What are you going to do? Make him win every... It's going to take you seven months to get that guy's winning percentage up to the level where he deserves a title shot. You know what happens? You start doing, oh, you know, six-pack challenges, battle royals to determine a new number one contender. And what happens? Win-loss records get thrown out the door. I hate the idea of win-loss records. If you want to use win-loss records because this person cuts a promo and says, look, I've won all my matches. I've been winning all my matches. I deserve a title shot. Fine. But when you have somebody in the office saying he deserves a title shot because he's won most of it, this is fucking sports entertainment. You're the, this is predetermined. The idea that you're going to try to make it look 
realistic, real. Cody won all his matches. He deserves the title. You're the one that fucking wrote it that way. I don't like that aspect. And I understand a lot of you out there feel otherwise. I'm not saying to get rid of that entirely, but you're going to come across people with horrible winning records that deserve better. And if you focus too much on this win-loss thing, then what happens? You're going to have this person winning bullshit matches. You're going to have de- decisions that, fan- I'm telling you, you got to let things happen organically. If fans get behind someone and you feel, you know what, this person, we got to put them in a title. Come on. It's, it, stop trying to reinvent something. Put out a good product and people will watch. You see Cody's comment that I just said? Do you see anything in there with win-loss records? If the fights and the storylines are not compelling, fans won't come. I'm sorry. A wrestler who was written to be predetermined winning 80% of his matches and someone saying he, he won 80% of his matches, he, des- he deserves a title shot. He's the number one contender. That's not compelling to me. Wrestling is, is sports entertainment. It's soap opera. It's you want to use stats to try to make it appear to be more, uh, you know, unscripted. Fine. But don't have fucking executives trying to set the standard, especially this early. You did not need to bring up Cody's win. That's ridiculously stupid. Oh, his outstanding win loss record was he 17 and one. How many matches did he have? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, another match that was announced is John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Apparently, his infection is is uh, he's recovering from that quite well, and uh, I think Full Gear is going to be the biggest buy rate that they have got to date. Because yes, pe- some people sent me this list that's floating around there about what the buy rates were or the viewership was for some of the AEW events in the past. And quite honestly, I'll throw the numbers out there, but I need to stress that some of this are est- are guesstimates. And look, I'm a big supporter of Meltzer. I subscribe to his newsletter for a very long time and still do. I'm one of those rare people out there that like Meltzer and Vince Russo. But, you know, look, uh, all out, there's no, you know, specific number as far as what the pay-per-view buy rate is. All right. He estimated it to be 111,000. There are other people saying that the pay-per-view buy rate was 30,000. Fight for the Fall and Fight Afrest were free streams. So I don't think that should be counted. Because if I offer something for free, of course you're going to get a larger number of people to tune in because you're getting something for nothing. Double or nothing they reported 100,000 buys. The reports that I got was around 85,000. It's not bad. Once they have weekly TV and the product is more on a consistent basis with storylines, those pay-per-view numbers I expect to increase. And I think full gear will be the biggest buy rate so far. But again, it's only, what, a couple of pay-per-views so far? It is so freaking early. You know, you just... Baby steps. That's what AEW needs to do. Baby steps. You know, and and I made this comment the other day as well. And I know some people have made a similar comment in the past, but they totally missed the boat on what they said. And you're, you could look it up for yourself. I think uh, Impact Wrestling's in big trouble. 
I know they inked the Axis deal, and Axis is a big deal because now Impact could go to a fucking, you know, better channel than Pursuit, which to me is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, um, if you suck, uh, and I'm not talking about the talent, but if you suck, just because you're featured on a, a bigger platform that could be seen by more people or heard by more people, doesn't all of a sudden make your product magically it's magically delicious. Doesn't make your product any better. The shit that's going on right now with Impact Wrestling and Killer Cross is absolutely awful. And look, I, I joked online that Killer Cross, it, it, Anthem should send him a case of Aurigel with the amount of times he's had to bite his tongue and say nothing about what's going on. And Impact Wrestling is going to have their Bound for Glory pay-per-view and I'm looking at what they're announcing so far, and this is no disrespect to the wrestlers who, who wrestle for Impact Wrestling, but with AEW about to debut, and with Billy Corgan doing his damnness to make NWA a viable product again after decades of damage, the last thing that Impact Wrestling right now needs is negative publicity, and they are getting a shitload of it right now. Going into Bound for Glory. I mean, the stuff that's going on between them and Killer Cross right now is pathetic. Now, look, I'm not going to claim that I saw contracts or this, this, and that. But if anybody knew the amount of money that was involved, it just it's almost pathetic. It's almost pathetic. It's not a boatload of money. And sure, Anthem has their view. And yes, you sign a contract. If the contract is on the low end of cash and then you catch fire... You know, sometimes, hey, it is what it is. I bring up young players in Major League Baseball. Now, look, you have baseball players who not have not put in a certain number of years yet, so they get paid on a minimum or they get paid on a, a, a rookie level. All right, but if you're an up-and-coming baseball player and you uh, catch fire and then you sign a seven-year deal for $12 million, which obviously is an awesome amount of money, but in Major League Baseball, that's chump change. And then you sign a deal like that, and then you fucking become one of the biggest stars in Major League Baseball where others are making $100, $200 million, and you're making 10 you know, you feel like you should renegotiate. But if you sign the deal, you sign the deal. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going on with Killer Cross, but this merchandise dispute, to me, in my opinion, and look, I don't have Anthem's money, so it's easy for me to say this, but this publicity, this damage, and I don't know if they realize how much damage is being drawn to their company right now, the perception, all right? Is there a wrestling boom? I'm not so sure because over the years, there have been, you know, other wrestling promotions out there. You know, you had Ring of Honor for a crazy amount of years. You had TNA Wrestling. MLW was around in the early 2000s and, you know, whatever. The point is, is that right now, Impact Wrestling, I wouldn't consider it a number two. I think a lot of people feel AEW is number two, even though they really haven't de debuted, you know, their full time, you know, product yet. But I'm almost feeling like Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling are being tied for the basement. Impact Wrestling, I personally think, because you let so many stars leave. Because you worked out the deal with the Hardys, because you let Scarlett Bordeaux go, since you let other people leave, LAX is gone and others, 
the idea of strapping Killer Cross because of this, it's not worth it, man. I think they should pay the guy what he's entitled to with his merchandise revenue. Let him leave. Or you work it out and the guy stays and performs. But the idea of forcing him to not be able to work AAA, the idea of keeping him off of cards, you're just hurting the fans. You're just hurting the fans. Yes, Killer Cross could get plenty of indie dates, but this guy, you know, comes off as obsessed with being the best that he can be. And I'm sorry, there is nothing right now that looks like, you know, it's in, you know, the, the win category for Anthem. All this publicity right now is terrible. And you're going into Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory ain't free. They want people to fucking buy this pay-per-view. You got WWE Network. You know, look, again, we talked earlier about AEW and the estimated buy rate for All Out. And some people find it disappointing. I don't necessarily find it disappointing. What Impact Wrestling needs to understand more than anything is that WWE Network with them offering the $9.99 deal and Impact Wrestling offering their Impact Plus, which I am a subscriber of, okay? You're getting fans used to spending only 10 bucks a month and you have podcasts with patrons, yours truly included, all right? The days of having crazy number of fans spending $39, $34, $19, $50 on a pay-per-view are all but dead. You might catch fire with a person here and there, but the idea that that Impact Wrestling thinks that they're going to kill it with a buy rate with their perception right now of what's going on, when Anthem bought the company, I came up on the shows and I said that my feeling is that Anthem is looking for the library more than anything and going digital and trying to sell the subscription service. And if they could catch fire with Impact Wrestling and start making a profit for that, that's fine. I think they use Impact Wrestling to try to get people to subscribe to the network and not the opposite. And it's, I just don't feel any momentum. So them going to Access ultimately is a big deal. You know, Access is going to be a lot of fun with pro wrestling because WoW is on there right now. New Japan is on there right now. Impact Wrestling will be on there. But I'm sorry, not every single person out there is going to watch every particular brand in Impact Wrestling right now. And the idea that they're going to share talent or work out a deal that, you know, Emma, uh, Tennille Dashwood, oh, could work AEW and Impact Wrestling. And here, nah, man. It's not going to get you any momentum whatsoever. You could sign. You know what it feels like? Because we talked about it on DTKC show. Uh, No, actually, we talked about it on Patreon last night. You look at some of the former ECW guys that are in Impact Wrestling right now. And look, I was a diehard ECW fan uh, in the early 90s, 93 plus when it was around. And you look at the stars of ECW that are in Impact right now, and this is no disrespect to any of them because some of them I've met and they absolutely entertain me now for decades, which is just amazing to look back and think about. But what it feels like is somebody in Impact Wrestling and Anthem is doing a Google search to see what wrestlers, past and present, that have name recognition, that could still walk, that could still do it in the ring a little bit, you know, which what's available out there. 
And any names that are available have some name value. All right, let's grab him. Let's grab him. Let's bring this person. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm sorry. It just feels like, I again, I didn't want to say this yesterday, and I'm going to continue with it now. I'm not saying that they're scraping the bottom of the barrel, but it just feels like they're just taking the leftovers. You know, Anthem right now needs to be very, very careful about their product because AEW is going to leapfrog them. And the difference between AEW and Impact Wrestling is that AEW doesn't have all these crazy international commitments that they have to adhere to. AEW is going to be concentrating on building their foundation. And if that foundation is, you know, strong, and this was what I was leading to early when I said that a few people wrote something online that, you know, is, they kind of like missed the boat what they were trying to say. I wonder if we're going to see a super clash happen again. And most of the people that wrote that online said, oh, AEW is going to partner up with this and this and this. No, 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 no. I don't think they understood the idea of super clash when Vern Gagne and everybody formed for these events. The idea was having the super cards to go against WWE. AEW is not in desperate mode right now. Vern Gagne and AWA was in desperation mode. AEW is an infant right now that is going to grow, that is going to, you know, feed themselves and build. Impact Wrestling, It. I'm not saying it's on the level of AWA mid-80s. But AEW doesn't need Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling seems like they need others. And I wonder if we're going to see like a Ring of Honor, maybe a little bit of New Japan, maybe Impact Wrestling try to do these super clash type events to try to stay on the level of exposure as AEW. And WWE, obviously, nobody could compete with them right now because of the machine. So, you know, when people said, oh, Super Clash and included AEW on it. No, 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 no. It's everybody but AEW and WWE. And AEW is smart. They will work out some deals to get some talent from some other feds. But I still will stress this. It was something that we did not like with TNA back in the first couple of years that TNA was around. You know, AEW has to have talent on their roster that feels like it's exclusive to them. And when John Moxley signed with them, the first words out of my mouth was, I want to see what other feds that he can also work. Is John Moxley going to be exclusive to AEW? Oh, no, he's going to work a full-time schedule. And then he does it. Well, I can do Japan, and I could do this, and I could do that. If it looks like someone who can be booked for a lot of different feds, I'm telling you, it's going to take away from that, you know, that, that dynamic with AEW. They need to feel like the people in that company are exclusive to them. I hope AEW really, you know, kills it and really starts to to do well from the beginning because the more revenue, the more viewers, you know, it's going to force WWE to up it a notch with NXT. I mean, Triple H is doing interviews right now. Say what you want about Triple H and, you know, WWE, oh, you know, they're trying to spite AEW. Triple H brought up a point. NXT's always been on Wednesdays. All right. Yes, they're going on USA Network, which is different than before, but they've always been on Wednesdays. AEW chose Wednesday to have their show. Um, and like I have said many times before, 
I am not going to be one of those that is going to say Vince is going to destroy NXT because of them going to USA Network and being head-to-head with AEW. I'm going to keep my comments to myself with that until I actually see the product. But you will definitely, definitely see people that were on the WWE's main roster that will work on a regular basis for NXT. Talked about Luke Harper yesterday. I think Luke Harper, the last match we saw of him was fucking outstanding. That guy, if WWE keeps him on the deal, could put him in NXT and he could be a solo star in NXT. I'm not saying that's going to happen. And you will see main roster performers make cameos in NXT. Without a doubt, you're going to see AJ Styles show up. Cesaro will make repeated appearances. And how is there anything wrong with that? So I'm excited to see what goes on with AEW and NXT on Wednesdays. Again, it's going to be a little bit difficult as far as, you know, doing these shows. I don't want it to turn into an AEW recap show. That's why I'm thinking, hey, you know, uh, maybe it, I'll change it to Thursday instead of Wednesday. I'll leave it up to you. Again, this is just a pilot. And yes, this is very disorganized and probably in some people's eyes. I just, this is the first time in 22 years that I'm doing a show that is intended to cover everything but Raw and SmackDown. It's not as easy as you think. Getting back to Impact Wrestling a little bit, and look, not everything about Impact is bad right now. They do have great talent still working for their company, but you know they, they need to avoid as much negative publicity as possible because especially with Killer Cross so interactive online and just banging out great match after great match. That is probably the wrong person that they can have issues with right now. And please don't tease all this dissension. But meanwhile, in the back pocket behind the scenes, you worked everything out and he's going to show up at Bound for Glory. Unexpected is that. Trust me, you need to be blowing your load right now. You need to generate as much publicity buzz to your product to basically say, look, Good luck to AEW. Hope they knock it out of the park. But remember, everyone, we're Impact Wrestling was still around and we have Bound for Glory coming up. Now, they just signed Gabby Loren. Uh, she recently has been seen working with women of wrestling. Uh, she's not bad. Probably backstage interviewer, I think, for Impact Wrestling. If you look at her resume, it's very impressive. Not only on in front of the camera, but behind the scenes as well. She's done a lot of production work. And she's been around for a little bit, you know, and plus hey, she's aesthetically pleasing to look at. And I'm not saying I, if, if I trigger anybody out there, go fuck yourself. Seriously, sissies, because uh, she actually did some modeling, too. But, uh, you know, she's it's a good, good signing for impact. And, you know, she's really a big time wrestling fan. So, uh, in fact, I even think she's from my neck of the woods. I'm not sure. You know, I didn't spend a lot of time like researching her bio, but I know a little bit of her work. And yes, that's another promotion we're going to be covering also from time to time. Women of wrestling, you know, it's going to be on based on demand. What you guys and gals want to hear me talk about, that's what we're going to get into. Now, at Bound for Glory, the main event right now is Brian Cage defending the Impact Heavyweight title against Sammy Callahan. Now, Michi Marafuchi will be performing as well. And who knows if Ken Shamrock will still be part of the company? Um, Ken Shamrock, again, I, I liked him over the years. I've defended him nonstop. He's 55 years old. 
I know he doesn't like being called grandpa and everything else, but, you know, Impact Wrestling today is not NWA TNA from 2002. Uh, again, it's it's a nice inspirational story that Ken Shamrock could still go at 55. And yes, he can back it up in the ring. But I don't know how far this goes with Impact Wrestling. It just almost feels like, again, you're looking at a list of names that are out there. Hey, who can we bring in that still has a little bit of name value? Oh, Ken Shamrock. It's what it feels like. No disrespect to him. We'll see what happens. I looked at the Impact results from Mexico City, Mexico, that took place on the 6th. Listen to these results. Havoc over Su Young, Moose over Falaba, TJP over Golden Magic, Rob Van Dam over Madman Fulton. For the Impact World Tag Team titles, it was title versus career. You had the north of Ethan Page and Josh Alexander over LAX. Now, yes, LAX is out of Impact Wrestling, and now they are in AEW as Los Bariquas, which I like. Uh, or is it just booty quiz? I don't know. But you look at that card. Would you pay for a pay-per-view with that? No. Yes, Brian Cage's name is missing and Sammy Callahan and others. But still, to me, that's not that impressive. I hate to say it. And speaking of not impressive, you know, some people started sending me photos of Ring of Honor's events over the weekend, Global Wars. My God, Dearborn, Michigan, Villa Park, Illinois, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I think I had birthday parties in McDonald's when I was a kid to have more people attend. And it's sad because they have great talents still working for that company. You know, but again, you have names that spread themselves across many different promotions. That's why I think this idea of a super clash is not as far-fetched as you would think. Now, just to give you an example, you know, they have Death Before Dishonor, September 27th in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sam's Town Casino, Matt Taven versus Rush for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight title, the Briscoes versus Mark Haskins and Mandito for the tag title, Shane Taylor versus Tracy Williams versus Flip Gordon in a three-way for the TV title, Kelly Klein versus Angelina Love for the Women of Honor title, Kenny King versus PCO in a final battle, number one contenders tournament match. Cole Cabana is coming in, taking on Marty Scroll in a final battle, number one contenders tournament match, and Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham. On paper, that should have a lot more eyes on the product. It just doesn't feel that way. And I know some of you are going to ask me, what would I do to turn around Ring of Honor? Create an identity, a different identity. We didn't even talk about Evolve, but you look at Evolve, NWA, even Impact Wrestling to an extent. Tell me what identity Ring of Honor has that's different with all the others. Ring of Honor's got a major problem right now. Uh, and, and it's sad. It's sad because all the wrestlers there are busting their ass. They are working hard. And none of this criticism, or even when I talked about Impact Wrestling, none of the criticism is towards the wrestlers themselves. It's just with Anthem, it's management. And the way to handle in this situation with Killer Cross absolutely a nightmare for them. Ring of Honor, it just feels they're putting on shows just to put on shows. It's sad. And look, I don't work for any of these companies, but I think they should take your views, my view, and all our opinions very seriously because we're the wrestling fans and they could see the... You have yes people 
and you got these wrestling news websites that fucking just try to get hand jobs from anybody they can because they want exposure and publicity and likes and they want to be part of a company. They're not going to tell you straight out the truth. That's the difference. I think also if these shows continue with me, I'm not getting no hand jobs for any of these feds out there. So you're not, if I praise something, it's because it's my opinion, not because I'm getting favors or I'm getting tweet fucked behind the scenes or anything. No, I'm going to just be straight up and tell you my perception of how I look at it. And if you don't like it, I, we can respectfully disagree with each other. Uh, now I mentioned NXT a few minutes ago. They are going to remain in at Full Sail University to the rest of the year, at least. I know they did interviews that they've, you know, they're committed to have this extended deal with Full Sail University. Look, if NXT becomes uh, an even bigger demand, WWE's not stupid. They're going to generate as much revenue as they possibly can. Um, hey, maybe the advertising revenue aspect of it and the TV deal that they can uh, renegotiate with the USA Network down the line might be all they need. And they could keep it in Florida for a couple hundred people attending week in and week out. Don't have to have 10,000 people in attendance week in and week out for it to generate money. Because I know some people on the surface, I read it on social media and they, they just look ridiculously stupid when they say it. How is NXT going to generate revenue with only 400 people there? You know nothing about business. Anyway, with that, I think I'm going to exit for now. As I said earlier, remember, this is just a pilot episode. This is more of a test than anything else. Got to remember, this is approaching my 22nd year doing this stuff. This is the first time that I'm intentionally doing something that does not include Raw and SmackDown. So you're going to dictate if this show continues. You'll also dictate if we do it live. You'll dictate if we do it every week. Maybe every other week might be more appropriate. Because, And the more I think about it, I think every other week might be the better way to go for the simple reason that, sure, we all love to talk about wrestling as soon as it goes off the air live and you're going to have 50,000 podcasts Wednesday night live trying to be the first person to get their comment out there. Everybody look at me. I got to stand out. But AEW is just kicking off now. They need to build their foundation. Two or three pay-per-views does not create a foundation. There's a lot more that they need to do. It's going to take a while for them to really build a, a, a substantial fan base, a foundation, there's going to be testing things and they're going to be tweaking things. And there's going to be a few things that you may see now that you may not see a month from now. There is no perfect model in wrestling. And even though you have veterans and established stars and people committed to making this product work, they still need to get off the ground. I don't know if that should warrant a weekly live episode. So you let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD, the website DonTony.com. Email me DonTony at DonTony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. Please feedback, feedback, feedback. Let me know what you think. Suggestions, opinions. It will all be reviewed and appreciated. And we'll go from there. So I am out of here. Everyone have a great rest of the week. And I will talk to you soon. 
Ciao. At Zenny, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash nebia.